0: This is Bob Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number Two, and I'm here speaking on the level with three brothers traveling from Wisconsin. Uh, let's start out. I'll just have each of you guys introduce yourself, tell me your name, the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge.
1: My name is Scott Brahm. I am with the Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin Blue Lodge Number One Twenty Eight, and I am currently the senior deacon of that lodge.
2: I'm Steve Livernash, Wisconsin Rapids One Twenty Eight. Um currently president of the Wisconsin – Heart of Wisconsin Shrine Club.
3: Jim Giese, um, Mason of Wisconsin Rapids Lodge at 128, past master of the lodge, and currently the counselor of that lodge.
0: And how is it that – so I think it's kind of cool when I meet brothers who are traveling together. I've only had the opportunity to interview brothers like this one other time before. How is it – tell me how is it that you three are all connected? Masonic. Well, the two of you go to a lodge together, but you're in a different lodge? No. Nope. Nope. Oh, oh, I'm sorry.
1: Well, it's, oh. It's, I guess this Masonic thing is called brotherly love, and <laughs> that's how Steve and I have known each other since we were kids. Really? And we've grown up together, we've medley-tected together, we've uh, got one into business together, and it wasn't until after um, me becoming a Master Mason that... Jim Geezy here was the master, worshipful master at that time. And when you first come in a lodge and you see that person in the east, you're in awe of that guy. And he has been making me look in awe each time I see him because he continues to um, become a better man each time he goes to that lodge. If it isn't for the profici- proficiency that he does to practice the G lecture or, or being a counselor or helping people at 5 o'clock, because we have meals at six and in our lodges at seven, he shows up at five o'clock for anybody that's an EA fellow craft or master Mason to help them with their obligation.
0: I can tell he's already the history buff too. He's the guy who knows all the past.
1: He's the one that's very dedicated to, to our lodge. And, and because that we've become real close friends in, you know, outside the lodge to the point where I mentioned that I needed to come down here to Phoenix this week. And these two jumped, jumped right up and says, we'll go.
0: Now tell me, before we get too much into some other stuff, let's have each of you tell me, do you remember when you first heard of or discovered this thing called Freemasonry?
1: I was um, 18 years old. My dentist had mentioned to me that he wanted to invite me and my brothers and my dad to his installation at the Masonic Lodge in Wisconsin Rapids. But at that time, I had heard stories of the lodge <laughs> and said there's no way that I was going to go to this thing at all. And it was many, many, many years later that I found out that my best friend, Steve, was a, was a Mason. Never mentioned it to me that he had gone through it. So when I found out that he was a Mason, I'm like, they can't be as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> What's the real story? Tell me. So, so he, in Wisconsin Rapids, we meet on Tuesdays, every Tuesday for breakfast. All Anybody that's been a brother at the, and other brothers, they know that we meet at Tuesday at a certain restaurant at eight, at 8 o'clock. So Steve started taking me. He says, come on and go to lunch. I didn't know these guys were Masons. I just thought it was just a group of guys that got together. I learned all these people and met and learned who they were prior to the point where Steve finally says, you know what, it's time. And he was right. It was time. So that's my my beginnings of this.
0: So, Steve, let's go to you. When did you, you were already a Mason before Scott, Scott, Scott. I'm sorry, Scott. You were already a Mason before Scott even found out about it. When did you discover this whole Masonry thing? I'm
2: kind of a back door guy. Really? Yeah. Um, Shriners International. Uh, a couple guys decided to make a, a semi trailer program for lettering Shriners Children's Hospitals semi trailers. And since I'm in graphic arts, and I do that kind of work. I do a lot of designing. They picked me as the designer for these semi trailers. So and plus I was local, and I went ahead and started on it and. Didn't know much about Shriners, and uh, I remember revealing uh, a big decal I put on the side of the, the trailer. I was up on a forklift and uh, scissors lift, and I was revealing the image of the man carrying the child, and you know, all he's seen is the back of him with the Shriner hat on, and he's seen the kid in his arms with crutches, and uh, I start revealing the image. And there was probably maybe 11 different people there, 10 of them I didn't know. I don't know where these guys came from. They came from all around the state to come help me put this trailer together. I never have help for doing anything. (laughs) So I'm teaching these guys all how to do pop bubbles, whatever, and, and, uh, you know, it's about three hours in and I'm up there and I'm revealing it and everything got quiet. So I kind of stopped, I looked back. There wasn't a dry eye in that room. These are all grown men, you know, macho guy, this, that, whatever. There wasn't a dry eye. And I got goose pimples right now. And (laughs) it was like, there's something here I don't know about. I don't know why these guys are acting the way they're acting. And uh, I revealed that whole image. And the pride that they had in their face doesn't be a Shriner. And uh, and from that point on and all, then you got to go into the lodge. So I want to say back door. I'm going to be a Shriner, but i got to become a Mason 1st Can tell them a little bit just about the trailers and how the Wait, money and stuff. Let's get to okay, that. Yeah, get to that okay.
0: I, want to, I want to get just the beginnings of each of you. That's where it for me. Let's go to Jim. And, Jim just tell, and don't let me forget that, because I want to tell you that I'm actually going through the Shrine Ceremonial next week, the 21st. I'm becoming a Shriner. Um, but let's start with you, Jim. Tell me, when you, do you remember when you first heard of this thing called Freemasonry?
3: Yeah, um, I've ever since I've been about 26 years old, always been involved in one kind of service organization or volunteer organization or another. And I spent 12 years on the <clears throat> board of education in in Wisconsin Rapids, and seven of that as the as board president. Well, one of the fellows that was our science department chair. Uh, happened to be a mason and went to the same church that uh, that my wife and I did. And after I got off the board, he said to me, he said, hey, <clears throat> "Why don't you think about being a mason?" And I said, "Well, geez, Dave, I said I don't know an awful lot about it. I said I know my uncle was a mason, but he never really talked about it much. And so I said, um, um, I'm kind of looking for some type of service organization because um, that's just what I enjoy doing." Well, he said, "Why don't you think about it? I got a petition here, and, and uh, we can talk about it." So, signed the petition, and uh, uh, we had the interview and everything. And the guys came over, and we had a good discussion. I said, "One thing that my wife was kind of concerned about: this isn't really a cult, is it? Because <laughs> cause she's yeah, cause she's you know heard a lot of rumors and things, you know." And I said, "I'm not so sure about it either." <clears throat> so the guys cleared the air and they uh, gave me the straight scoop on it and uh, went down to lodge that night for my initiation. And uh, uh, one of the room got prepped and and I was kind of surprised about what the r- ritual was kind of all about. But, you know, Dave said, just relax. He said, just, you know, keep your, uh, keep your mind open. And he said, listen to what the guys have to say. So I was probably... Um, Pretty, pretty raw material in, in the area of Masonic knowledge ahead of time. Now,
0: now you were, this was before either of these two were in your lodge.
3: Yeah, I <clears throat> never knew Scott, never knew Steve at all.
2: Okay.
3: And so these gentlemen have uh, um, become very, very good friends. And the more I got involved with Men of Integrity, and the more I learned about the history of how our country has been built and formulated by men, who were all Masons. Um, always had a fondness for patriotism and the history on how our country has been founded and why we are the people that we are. And the more I look at it, the more I see that, Masons were involved and framed formulated the very platform that we all enjoy right now. And so um it's like any other organization. The more you apply yourself and the more you learn, um, the more you want to learn.
0: Now what year was this that you went you were what year were you raised? I was raised in two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. Yeah. So and then I moved through the chairs
3: to Master in the East in
0: 2014. Okay. So that means that you guys, just so, uh, Jim, you were raised when? Steve. I'm sorry, Steve. Jim, Steve, Scott. I'll get it right by the time. 2010. 2010. And then Scott?
1: 2013.
0: 2013. Okay. so. One of the one of the interesting things you were telling me earlier, Jim, was about uh, we're going to hop around here because I just want to. Re- there's so much for me to remember. You were telling me an interesting story about a brother. Uh, fast forward to fairly recently, the last couple of years, right? About a brother who was who was uh, petitioning. Yeah, tell me tell me that story again.
3: Well, <clears throat> this is a uh, a young man who was a Shrine patient, as a very young man, a uh, very young boy, uh, got terribly burned. And a backyard fire, and it was local in the community, and the guys took care of him, airlifted him to our burn center in Cincinnati, and he wanted to get involved in the shrine, and he's very very active as a, as a um, sons of Union veterans, and there's there's two organizations, of course, North and South. And these men are the caretakers of Civil War veterans, grave sites. They do reenactments, those kinds of pieces, just to um, uh, to educate and, and to um, uh, not forget about the history of what happened in this country during Civil War. <clears throat> and so he's very much immersed in history. If I thought I was, I couldn't hold a candle to this young man. Well, he came into the lodge and was initiated and entered Apprentice. He went to the wall that was up there where we have all the past masters, and the very first master of the lodge was a gentleman by the name of Captain Carpenter. Well, we had just gone through our 150th anniversary, and I gave him a a booklet of some of the lodge history the next meeting, he comes back and he said to me, he said, you know, this book has got an error here. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, it says here that Captain Carpenter was the commander of the 6th Regiment. He said, well, the 6th Regiment was never in Wisconsin. He said, he was was commander of the 8th Regiment. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so correct uh, your history. Yeah, he he uh, um, really picked up on that just very quickly, and the young man went online because we don't have a picture of Captain Carpenter
0: because
3: mm-hmm. it, it was 1861 when the lodge was first chartered, so. He goes online searching to try and see if he could find a photo of what Captain Carpenter looked like to try and download it to put it in that picture spot. Instead, he finds where Captain Carpenter is buried and the, and the events of his death. He was killed in action and is buried in Murfreesboro. Bill goes on vacation. Murfreesboro, found Captain Carpenter's gravesite, took photos, went in <clears throat> went into the Rangers station and the, the gift shop and he bought a flag that would have been a replica of the flag that Captain Carpenter would have flown over his regiment and he went to the Ranger and he said I'd like to raise this flag in honor of Captain Carpenter and explained the reason and the ranger looked at him he said no we don't do that here <laughs> and bill said where's your supervisor in the ranger station he went talked to the supervisor who by the way is a mason and of course, the rest is history. I said, Of course you can do that. We'll be glad to. <laughs> Out they went and they raised the flag. Bill took photographs and did a presentation in Lodge, presented that flag to the Lodge where it sits in our lobby area right now in a nice
0: uh, container. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. And
3: here, this young man had just been initiated and entered apprentice, and uh, the the passion for the fraternity and And the history of the fraternity captured him from the very beginning.
0: It's nice to see somebody come in from the beginning with that much uh zeal
3: oh yeah and and he's been he's been that way uh and and very very consistent throughout his degrees. He's now a master mason so one
0: of one of the things we talked about you mentioned it, Scott a little bit was about uh, when you came in and Jim being this guy who who serves and does all this stuff we we talk about men who maybe embody those ideals of Freemasonry. And Jim, you just hit on one guy. Can uh, Scott or Steve, can either one of you tell me a little bit about is there somebody in your mind that kind of embodies those ideals of Freemasonry that you look up to and that, that really struck a chord in you? Yeah, sitting right
2: next to me. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Deasy. Why is that? Passion. Bottom line.
0: Now, when you came into Masonry, was he the Worshipful Master?
2: No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was coming through, and uh, unfortunately, my Worshipful Master is now passed on. Oh. But uh, yeah, Jim was. Jim's there for you no matter what. And one thing, I got, I got a big family. I love all my brother brothers. I got one sister. Love everybody. I have a second family, and it's the brothers of, of the Lodge. If there's anything I ever need, I need to borrow a trailer, I need whatever. Um, classic example would be, I, I lost my phone. I actually lost it, but it broke. And uh, I lost all my records in it. And the only ones I can carry over are ones I had Gmail addresses before. So I transferred those addresses into my new phone nine out of 10 were Freemasons. Nine out of 10 people that were remaining in my phone, the most important people, the ones I deal with, were all Masons. And that's, that tell you <coughs> right there, is, um, they're so high on the list on anything. And, and staying within and due bounds of the compass, I do that. Everybody's got a profession in what they do. They do it the best they can do it. And you don't, you just rely on someone else at times when you have a question. Um, you don't hide behind pride. You fail many times. But uh, there's always somebody else there to help you out if, if you have a question in and, and time of need.
0: Now, before we pass it on, let me, let me get back to your, because I cut you off before, and you were talking about the, the graphics and the big impact the guys had on you. Tell me what, you, you were starting to say something there, and I cut you off.
2: Uh, what, the Shriners? Yeah. Um... Oh, also about the money part of it they did pay me to do part of it but what they paid me for was the materials so I did one trailer and I donated my time well they said you're gonna do one well it kind of caught on they did two I donated that one uh, we're at 14 <laughs> and 14 18, trailers 14 semi trailers and I donated every one of them
0: and was that for Shriners International
2: that was before I was a mason wow they always call me Mr. Charitable. And
1: that's but just tell, tell him about how much money a company char- gets
2: charged for that. Oh, okay. and well, yeah. Like right now, the whole semi trailer program, what it involves is they're trying to raise money for advertising. Because the cheapest form of advertising is semi trailers, billboards, along highways. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are moving billboards. You pay for them one time, you never have to pay for them again and uh, so last I knew we did a study on it maybe six years ago and at that time it was 1.3 million dollars that our club has raised for the Shriners in free advertising just any semis and they're still out there. So why I say that is like if you go to a community and you buy five billboards in that town it costs you anywhere from 300 to 900 dollars a month to rent a board. Well this program we're buying new semi trailers. I mean, I'm putting the graphics on these semi trailers, and they never come off. It's a one-time deal. You're driving around the country
0: every day. Yeah, it's
2: like two thousand dollars a side, and once they're out there, they're out there, and they just keep going twenty-four-seven. And you can't get that kind of advertising in place else. A lot of impressions. Um, like I say, you can't turn your ears off. At the same time, you know, the intersection the semi trailer comes through. It says Shriners Children's Hospitals, real big. People in the cars, they'll strike up a conversation. Well, I remember a little Johnny, he had a little problem, they helped him. You know? So it's all these impressions we're putting out there, and it's just our little club from Wisconsin doing all that, and I'm really proud of that part of it. Also, um, with I do a lot of designing on eBay and Amazon. I saw a lot of Masonic stickers. Oh, really? Yeah. If you want and you type in, you know, pro sticker, I design a lot for you know, all the branches of masonry, and I don't put pro sticker on there because it's gonna be as a legacy of myself. So I don't care if somebody steals it, whatever, because someday I'm not gonna be here, but I want that to live on, what I've designed, and they can reuse it for years and years. Because everything I've seen in the past, the digital, everything's in paper, copied, 10 times over, clarity's all lost, so I've digitized and remade my own for the future. Wow. And they're all there for anybody to take, and a lot of clubs and units are using them. All, I see them all over the place, you know, and I have no restrictions on that stuff because I get back. And you mentioned uh,
0: units, you're president of what unit?
2: Heart of Wisconsin Shrine Club.
0: Heart of Wisconsin Shrine Club.
2: Yeah. The daily onions and all that
0: good stuff. A daily onions. Un- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's pass it over to Scott here. And Scott, tell me, uh, you you mentioned Jim before, but tell me, is there is it Jim or is there somebody else you want to mention that kind of embodies those ideals of Freemasonry?
1: Well, when I first came in, getting back to when we first got into Freemasonry, and this is how things help out and change people that are in Masonry. Um, Steve and I were close, but we got a lot closer. I didn't know Jim until I be, got in the lodge. Um, there was one person who was a sheriff in Wood County, and his name was Tom Reichert. Um, him and I used to be close friends many, many years ago, and we lived next door to each other in Wisconsin Rapids, but we parted our ways um, due to a personal conflict between the two of us. But when I became a mason, he actually showed up at the lodge and went through and was at the lodge for each time I was there, and since then, now we have became close friends again. Um, so, like I always say, it, things happen in threes. Masons are based on threes. As you see, you have <laughs> three <to laughs> people in front of you. you me? We have done so many things in threes without even realizing that we do it in threes. And it just seems like that number sticks with us. Um, getting back to Jim, like I said, I didn't know who he was. and He was that master that was up there. But for this guy, what he does... Um, <clears throat> with us up in the northern jurisdiction, the senior deacon is the one that does a lot of the work in all the three degrees that's me right now, and he will bend hip back bend backwards for anybody. He will come out with me he has gone out with me two three times a day, met with me at the lodge where we've practiced the rituals and anything to make sure that it is perfect for the candidate that's coming in. So, you know, he is a close and dear friend when both of these guys are, and that's how I believe that if it wasn't for this fraternity, we wouldn't have what we have here. And now we have now, when we first found out that we had to come down here to Phoenix, and the first thing that came out of Jim's mouth is I need to get a hold of Grand Lodge of of, of Arizona to find a lodge down there to get a hold of some brothers that may be able to help us. Right off the bat. And the first thing, the first person that we got a hold of is your secretary, Andrew. And he helped us and gave us just a couple of names. And he made our life so easy (laughs) that when we showed up here on Sunday, we had a whole day to ourselves knowing that Monday morning when we had to meet a bunch of these people, all these things were set up because we made one phone call to your guys' lodge, which now has made our brotherhood of Wisconsin tie into with you guys. So I have never met you guys before, but now we can count that as another level of brothers. And I don't know of any other fraternity that you can do this with. You can have blood relatives, you can have friends, but when you have a fraternity of brothers, I have seen so much in the last three years that will just blow the average person's mind.
0: So you, you lead into the next question, and I'll kind of throw a couple questions in here mm-hmm. together, and you guys can answer what you want. But one of the, a couple of the things I usually ask people is, why, why are you still in masonry? What are you getting out of it? And you kind of alluded to that. And uh, has, has it affected you or changed you as a man, who you are?
1: I hear this from these guys all the time that it has changed me and I remember you know it changes you as an individual to be a better man which helps your family your community and your society and when you can see that happen in yourself and hear it from your other people it's fantastic when I started to become a Mason it was because of Steve saying one thing it makes good men better He did not say anything else. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take that to the next level. And he knew when I came in, bored. There's a lot of the guys that try to grab you to go to Shrine or take you to Scottish Rite, to York, right, whatever. And everybody knew that I am a person of history. I love history. I will do everything I can to figure things out. Um, I have taught education at our, our lodge. And when I first got in there, I had no inkling of wanting to be in the chairs. And as soon as I got there, I'm like, you know what? This is my goal. And I said, I don't want to do anything else. Well, six months later, (laughs) I went to Scottish Rite, completed that. Six months later, Steve became president of the Heart of Wisconsin. I went to one of their meetings and I said, you know what? I'm joining the shrine. (laughs) I said I would not do that. But I did that for a purpose because of the children. I was asked to go as a passenger to take the children to the hospitals.
3: Mm-hmm. And when
1: I've seen what is done, I said, I cannot be a man and walk in without carrying wearing a fez because that's part of taking them children. <clears throat> so now that's what I do. That's that part of the shrine that I do. And now I've even gone to the point yet that I thought I would never do York right because it's just too much. I'm already into now the counselor. Mm -hmm. I'm past that, and now I'll be going up to the commandery because my goal is to fulfill my knowledge with as much as I can that I can bring it back, and I've gone and talked to the people at the lodge that we only have one or two guys that are York right. Everybody else is Scottish right. I've got a handful of people now that want to do York right, Because when they found out that it's a continuation of Blue Lodge, it excites them. So that's why we consider us the three pillars of our lodge. I am Hope, (laughs) because I give these guys hope to continue on. Steve is Charity. And then we have Faith over there as Jim.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So... Steve, let's go to you. Tell me, is there yeah. what, what keeps you involved and and uh, uh, excited and and his masonry changed? Relatively
2: love the the main thing that changed me is I like you said when I first walked in. I'm the quiet guy. It's so hard to get me to talk. Right. It's easy to talk about passion though. I can talk. If it's about if I'm passionate about something. When I when I got to decipher, you know, coming in as EA. I, I remember getting it and. I can't do this. I, in my mind, I can't do this. This ain't me. You know, can I do this? I was a failure. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to fail. That, that's not a, That's not an option. So I stayed at it, started learning the lines, of deciphering, and kind of catching on to it. And, but, the, but the word I can't doesn't exist no more. Because once I became a master mason, made it through all that, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And once I made it through all that, the word I can't disappeared. Now it's, I can. So everything I do, I can. So I think bigger. I think stronger. I got people around me that can help me get places as far as knowledge. So I base a lot of my my success on becoming a Master Mason because it made me, I can do it. Remove
0: the obstacles.
2: All of them. There ain't nothing they can't do. You set your mind to it, you just start in. You'll get to the end of it. But most people are afraid to even start. And I'm, I'm. thank God I stayed with it. And to this day, I'm, I'm so much better for it.
0: And Jim, the uh, same question to you, I guess, any, any, what is it that keeps you coming, keeps you motivated and interested in, in his, how it has, how has masonry changed you? Yeah. You know, it's, um,
3: um, strange when you you look back and you look at your brothers around you in the lodge, and I, I came from a paper mill environment, and uh, both in, in, in uh, an hourly and in, in a management role for uh, about forty three years, and uh, it can many times be a little caustic environment, so. I started going into the lodge and started learning about the moral concepts. And like I said earlier, I was kind of the raw material that uh, uh, didn't have any preconceived notions because I didn't know anything about masonry. But I was like both Scott and Steve, uh, and and prior to knowing them, um, I was introduced and surrounded by other men of character. And the way it's changed me, oh, I've been a lot different person. More respectful, rounded off the rough edges. The rough ash wear is now looking pretty good because I learned a lot and listened a lot. And when you take things seriously and not just a memorized word, Because if you look at the tenets of the order, and if you don't apply them in your life, then you're not doing yourself or your brothers around you the kind of justice that the fraternity deserves and that you as a man deserve. So I've had the joy in me has been the fact that I've been able to make two friends, friends of high character, and integrity, um, I never would have had a chance to meet and know Steve for the great man that he is. I never would have had the chance to meet Scott and develop a friendship and the great man that he is. Um, had I not been in the same fraternity, and to me, it's all about giving back, and A person a long time ago, um, earlier in my life, always said that, you know, you have to be a friend to have a friend. And when you walk in the door of a Masonic Lodge, there's somebody there to stretch their hand out. And you take those things and you apply those in your own life, and before you know it, you've blossomed into a better person than you thought you could ever be. A kinder, gentler, more respectful person. You didn't have to raise your voice to get your point across, and yet at the same time, you kind of found out that when you didn't, your thought processes were probably more respected. And it. It just um, helped me in a lot of ways if somebody asked me today what what's this Masonic fraternity all about in a nutshell, I'd say it's a conduit for living out your faith, whatever that faith is, and the more you know about the fraternity and the history and the way this country has been built by men of character, why would you not want to be part of that? And when you do, some things descend upon you right down here in your heart.
0: So you're, you're already kind of answered my final question here I usually say, so what would you want to say to anybody, family or friends or Masons in 58 to 100 years? As a closing thought, I guess, what would you say to people who are listening to this in the future? about masonry, about what it's meant to you.
3: The world is a bigger place than your own backyard. And by saying that, I'm saying that when you involve yourself in a fraternity that cares as much about mankind in general then you become a bigger part of this world that we live in and that would probably be um what i would say many of our lodge brothers are are both shriners and and scottish Rite masons like scott mentioned and I'm going to end this with just one small little story. Because <clears throat> after I was raised, um, I did join the Shrine and started getting into the parade routes. And I was still working at the mill. And one morning, I don't know, about seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock, a fellow tapped me on the shoulder with a hard hat from a mechanical construction company. And it was in fall of the year. And he said, Excuse me. He said, Didn't I see you about three weeks ago in Wisconsin Dell at the at a parade? I looked at him and I said, Yeah, you might have. I said, "Oh, uh, uh, Yeah. He said, You were at the beginning of the parade. You were kneeling down next to this little girl and they were taking your picture. And I looked at him and I said, Wow, you're pretty good. Because I said, Nobody can recognize me with my clown face on. <laughs> 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 and he said well he said I want to tell you a story now, I had just gotten involved in the shrine just a little bit and this was my first parade circuit and uh, he, <clears throat> he said let me tell you a story he said um, I have a son that now is uh, 17 years old and he said um he had final issues, Um, MS, I believe. And I'm I'm just not certain about the accuracy on that one because I was more involved and in tune to the emotion of our conversation. And he said, when my son was young, he said we went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And he said, not only was he not getting better, but he said, my insurance company wouldn't even pay for his wheelchair. And he said, my neighbor lady <clears throat> was talking with us. And she said, why don't you try the Shriners Hospital? Take him there. You don't have anything to lose. He's not getting any better now. And I believe, I believe this young man was in sixth grade at the time. <clears throat> And so um, he said we went up there we were welcomed as family the ladies auxiliary did a fundraiser and he said they bought the wheelchair it didn't cost us anything and then he started to tear up he said my son has had seven surgeries Mm. he's 17 years old and He's walking and conducting himself in a normal life. He said he has one more surgery to go, and he'll be complete. And he looked at me, and he said, God bless you guys for what you do. So I sat back to myself, and I said, you know, This fraternity is more about just putting on a clown face because behind it there are kids. There are kids that need and somebody has to take care of them. And we do.
0: That's that's a pretty good first parade, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Let's let's go back over to Steve. Steve, uh, any closing thoughts, anything you want to say about uh, to people who might be listening in the, the future, future or last memories you want to share?
2: Yeah, it's, it's not going to be about what I did or who I even was. It's about the ability to, when you become a master mason, you're on the level with everybody around you. You're not better than anybody else. You're all equal. But it's getting to that point. And, like I said before, uh, you can do it. Just become a master mason and you'll feel the way I feel. Uh, This recording won't see the goose pimples on my arm (laughs) right now. I can see them. (laughs) (laughs) That's speaking from within. And it's not me about a brag thing. Look me up long after I'm dead. You'll see what I've done. But I'm not going to brag about them now. And, uh, but it's not about that. It's that you will do the same things I did if you ever become a master mason.
0: Scott, uh, Mine, last but not least. twofold. Um I don't know if I'll bank it through this <laughs> at all. Um, you guys got me tearing up a little bit. I'm trying to <sighs> the back here.
1: Yeah. Um, I learned something from these guys and I tell people when they ask me, what is it to be a mason? And I said, you know what? If you had two close friends, you will now have 200 close friends locally, but you'll have millions of brothers no matter where you go. Once they know you're a mason, they will they will help you out, that brotherly love. And I wanted to bring up why I continue to do what I do. It's for that little boy. He's just one kid, and we always say if you can help one person, this is what he was when he was a child. Oh, wow! I didn't know him when he had a, a cleft palate. I didn't know him until a few months ago. His mother is a, owns a bar in Wisconsin Rapids, and he came up to me and he asked me if I was a superhero. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I said no and his mom knew I was a mason and she says he said yes I heard you're a superhero so since then um I bet it's his best buddy and I get to take him next week down to Chicago to the shrine there to get where he has to spend the day and help some more, you know, from his surgeries and his, his what he's his defects. But we took him to one of our receptions, and I have a black 300M that has a bat signal a emblem on the front from Steve. He come out and he goes, "Oh my God, it's the Batmobile!" <laughs> Steve had given me a mask of the Batman. <laughs> and he says, oh, my God, you are Batman. (laughs) By the time we got to the dinner, I handed him that mask. He walked in there, and he was proud to now be super uh, Batman, and he wears that all the time. So now he feels like he is a superhero for what we've done to make him a better person. So when Masons nowadays... Or people nowadays wonder what Masons are all about. They're about a lot of stuff. But it's about humanity, one person at a time.
0: Scott, thank you very much for for taking time to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Steve, Jim, it's been a pleasure getting to meet all you guys. And thanks for coming to visit us from Wisconsin. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys in November.